Hello, this is your host, Sunita Bagri. I am the founder of the Every Teacher Matters Project. Welcome to the Every Teacher Matters Network podcast. Each podcast has a core focus around the well-being of our teachers, school leaders and educational staff. The Teach Well Alliance works proudly in partnership with the Every Teacher Matters Network to raise awareness of well-being and mental health for our teachers and school staff. We're so pleased that you're able to join us on today's podcast. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Every Teacher Matters Network podcast. I'm really excited to welcome our guest today, Vicky Maguire, who is somebody that I've been connected with for a while and have had recently the opportunity to catch up with and talk all things education and leadership. But just before I welcome Vicky today, I just want to draw the attention, um, draw attention to an article that was released yesterday by the TES around why schools can't put a price on experience. It's a really interesting article and actually talks about experienced teachers being integral to the smooth runnings of schools during this pandemic, which is, well, we know that, and and Vicky and I are both experienced teachers, so we would totally agree that having experienced teachers in the school right now can only be a positive thing. Uh, The article cites that it's an incredibly difficult situation with all the usual complexities of safeguarding, assessment, well-being, and the budgets remain you know, very, very stringent as always, but with the added pressure of trying to ensure that meaningful learning takes place in a safe environment as possible. And, you know, these difficult situations, managing these difficult situations really does require experience, not just skill. So this article very articulately, and I'm really pleased actually, personally, from a personal point of view, because one of the things that really saddens me, and Vicky and I were just talking off air about really experienced, knowledgeable, skilled staff that have either left the profession due to personal experiences, whether they've left the, the profession due to bullying, whether they felt compelled to look after their well-being, whatever that reason has been, isn't it simply just tragic? that we have and so many experienced members of staff and teachers that are sat at home who could be supporting our colleagues through this pandemic. Now, we'd like to think that in our coaching roles, we're doing that, but clearly we would add so much value in the classroom right now. So when we, you know, this article cites that when we start to hear these rumblings of a potentially dangerous new virus, you know, taking the world by storm, you know, it was our experienced teachers that responded to it. It was our experienced teachers that as soon as they heard started to begin this planning of and knew what the contingency might look like, what the resources might be needed, ordering these food vouchers and, you know, really trying to respond to it in a calm and measured way. And actually it was our experienced teachers, the ones that were holding the fort and seeing the, the younger, more ex- inexperienced teachers and guiding them through this situation. So I think it's been a really really interesting article and potentially it's a huge problem because 
so sadly, the experienced teachers are seen as a problem in schools because their level of experience seems to equate to being expensive and budgets are so stretched that they can't afford these teachers. Well, I'm sure it's those schools right now that are struggling with inexperienced teachers. So um, I'll, I'll let the listeners ruminate and think about what I've just said there. But I know certainly in the conversations that I've had that we would ra much rather have our experienced colleagues in schools holding the hands of our inexperienced teachers and leaders right now. Well, that, that's my, um, my, my sort of point for rumination today. But without further ado, I'd like to introduce Vicky Maguire. So hi and welcome, Vicky. Hi, Sunita. It's really good to be with you today. It really is. And I know Vicky um, runs her own podcast, which is wonderful. And um, I'm really looking forward to her telling us about herself. So please do, please take the opportunity, because as a, a podcast host yourself, I'm sure it feels a bit odd to be on the other <laughs> side of the mic to take advantage of the situation today. And yeah, it's, it is, it's interesting. I was just about to ask you a question and then I thought, oh, no, this is not my podcast. It's Anita's. Um, <laughs> so I'm currently a coach and consultant. I work in education and I support schools and senior leaders in schools and, and middle leaders as well to improve the well-being in their schools. Um, I am an ex-deputy head teacher. Um, I actually started teaching I was thinking about it uh, 23 years ago. I've, I've, in fact, I've been in education or I was in education for almost 40 years from starting primary school myself to when I left the profession. Um, and I have got two children. So I've, I've been a teacher, been a head of department, been assistant head and been a deputy and brought up two children who are now almost 15 and 18. So they're just starting to become a bit more independent, which has meant that I've been able to set up my own business. And then I decided that I might get some broader reach in terms of well-being and supporting senior leaders in schools to focus on their well-being and the well-being of their staff. So I set up my podcast, the We Lead Well podcast. Um, and that's about where I'm up to now. I'm, I'm working tomorrow, doing a full day's training on teaching and learning coaching in a school in Bradford, which I'm really excited about. Um, and I've got lots of people who I'm coaching. So it's, it's, it's really, really exciting times isn't it just that sounds wonderful really pleased for you and love seeing your posts love seeing your shares because it's really authentic and straight from the heart and um, definitely resonates with I know many many people that are you know following you on social media so keep up the good work Vicky we're, we're looking thank you you too you too yeah, yeah absolutely we champion each other don't we and that's yeah what we do so, uh, and, and that's what has brought us together, really, you know, this like-minded attitude and, and it the messages that we're both sharing really resonate. So yep. it's great to finally see you today and, and, and be able to speak with you candidly. So um, tell us, you know, in, in terms of coaching, why, why do teachers need coaching in your view? I think what, it's funny because I don't know if you have the same experience, teachers and leaders don't realize that they need coaching until they experience it and teaching and leadership that they're both roles in which you go so quickly from one job to the next you constantly switched on it's so busy you get so caught up in the busyness that often you don't have time to take a step back and think right where am i 
why am I doing this? And where do I want to be? Where am I heading? What's, what's my goal and what's my purpose? And I think sometimes teachers and leaders get so caught up in the busyness that they actually forget why they're doing what they do. And it can take quite a lot of the enjoyment out of what they do. And it becomes something you get up in the morning, you go, you do it, you come home, you do some more work, you spend a lot of your life doing something, but you often don't get time to think about what your real purpose is and why you're doing it. So I think coaching creates that space to give yourself the time to take a step back and look at the broader picture of where you are and what you're doing and why you're doing it. It helps. In particular, I think it helped me to really focus on my values and to work out what my values were. Ironically, when I did that, I realized that I was in the wrong place. I was in the wrong school and my values weren't aligning with the values of the people I was working with. And eventually that meant I had to leave. But coaching gives you that space to work out what your real purpose is and how you can achieve it to set yourself some some goals and think, right, yeah, that's where I'm going. And this is what I need to do to get there. And sometimes it can be quite, um, it can be quite focused on the specifics of what you do in your role and your job and where you want to be. And sometimes it's much broader and more holistic. But what it is, is very personal. And it's a time to focus on you, what your needs are, and what you want to do. And in teaching, we don't get that space. And coaching gives us that space to explore. Absolutely. Yeah, I completely agree. I, you know, as a, as a leader myself took up coaching and um, yeah, really, really gives you that clarity, doesn't it? And that space. I I love this phrase of, you know, get off the dance floor and stand on the, you know, um, it's gone out of my head. That's (laughs) off the dance floor and What's the saying, Vicky? Anyway, but it's getting... I don't know, but it sounds like a good one. <laughs> it will come to me. It's, it's basically creating the space around you so that you can see what's going on. And you know, yeah. in our roles as teachers or leaders, we have to be strategic. We have to be strategic. But the day-to-day hamster wheel just keeps us stuck in the operational. And exactly. Actually, I think that, that's, the, that's the beauty of coaching, to give you that space in your head to think about, isn't it? yeah yeah great so so what did you love like what tell us about you know when you were a teacher and you know you were in the in the sort of you know height of your passion so to speak when you were in your teaching career what would have been you know the the best bits what did you love most I loved being in the classroom and interacting with children and I had some I had some great classes when I look back you know the the connections that you have with with children and engaging with children and the amount of fun that you can have in lessons it is something that that I do miss and I miss that you never I think when you plan lessons you think it's going to be engaging it, it isn't always is it but you get those moments where you have a class in front of you and you've plan something for them to do and you can see they love it they're so into it and they're so they're enjoying it so much it's giving me goose pimples thinking about some of those moments and that that really is what drove me as a teacher I was always looking for those those moments of total engagement where you really had the class and you knew that they were really enjoying 
I don't know, whatever it was that they said was boring. Oh, why do we have to do Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde? And then you'd give them an activity and they'd be so engaged in it and so fascinated by it that you could go, see, that's why we do Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And it, it, just those moments. And I do, thinking about that, I do, I do miss those moments. But it's just great being in the classroom when you get that engagement, isn't it? It is. They're the moments that we live for as teachers, aren't they? They really yeah. Absolutely. It's like making that difference and seeing, seeing, you know, that progressive learning and, and also in their personalities as well and seeing those yeah. beautiful moments. Yeah. The ones who, the ones who cause you most problems are often the ones who actually you get, you know, you get your fun moments from and your yeah. stories that you can tell people. Yeah. And they're often the ones that love you the most as well, but they yeah. just don't show it at the at the time, do they? I always remember that in my um, NQT year. Actually, there was a, a, a lad in my class who um, I, I don't I don't feel like I had a, a, a strong connection with him, um, but um, and he was you know he was a big lad and bigger than the other children and always had a bit of a a bit of a you know poker face I suppose wasn't really sure what he was thinking and um, the day I left he was in he was the I'm crying and his mum was cajoling him and I, you just don't realise the impact that you have on them but um, it, it is those magical moments isn't it so the good bits you've told us the good bits Vicky um, yeah. tell us about you know the biggest challenge that you've had to deal with in your teaching career and share with the listeners how you overcame it I think the biggest challenge for me was I think when we were talking before we started recording and I, and I said, when, when your home life and your work life are in balance, you can, you can take some extra pressure in one of those areas and the other one will still be okay. So when I was a senior leader and I was married, my husband was always very supportive. You know, he'd do the school run in the morning, give the children their breakfast so I could be in school at 7am and, and, and then he'd come home and I wouldn't have to get home till six, half past six. And, it, you know, I'm so grateful to him for that because it meant that I could focus on my career and, and achieving my goals and doing what I wanted to do. But I think eventually that probably came to take its toll and we separated. And I think when I was having pressure at school and I was under pressure at home, that was a big challenge for me. Um, because I think pressure's good, but stress is bad. And it became very stressful for me. Um, and I, I found it, it was really difficult. I mean, I think as, as mothers and women and, and senior leaders, we always feel that pull, don't we? We want to be the best mum we can be. We want to be the best wife we can be. We want to stay fit and keep strong and healthy. And we want to do the best job that we can in work. And I think often we feel like we're not doing the best that we can in all of those areas. And we put a lot of pressure on ourselves because of that. But I think I reached a tipping point with it where I really felt like I was going to collapse under the, under the stress and I, I wouldn't be able to take it. So <clears throat> I'm not sure if I actually overcame it, if I'm being honest with you, um, I don't know if you were expecting a story of triumph over adversity, but it possibly, it possibly isn't one. Keep um, it real, keep it real. But I think I think I, I think I did it by going part time. I, I I asked the head if I could have uh, if I could go four days, and I think sometimes part time working is 
the answer for a lot of people. Um, that's why one of the shows that I've done on the podcast is about part-time and flexible working. I'm, I'm a real um, strong supporter of schools putting more flexible and part-time working procedures in place because I think it can just, when people need it, it can take the pressure off and just going part-time and just being able to be at home one day um, and not have to feel the pressure of going and work. I think that's probably how I overcame it. Eventually I overcame it by leaving the job and going in a different direction and doing, doing the coaching, doing the consultancy and, and wellbeing work in schools. Um, but in the interim period, part-time was the answer for me. Yeah, got you. Yeah, and it works for so many people. And, and off where we discussed um, some of the personal circumstances around around my own, you know, sort of commitment to teaching. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When I had a few years out and went back in, it was part-time that really helped me phase back in. And it is a good option. I think it, it allows you to, to be able to get a bit of that work-life balance that we're all, you know, we're all so <laughs> desperately seeking as teachers. The panacea. <laughs> Yeah, it's unfortunate though, isn't it? Because I think the downside is taking a financial hit. And, um, you know, as teachers, we, no one entered the profession for the money anyway, let's face it. No, and you know what? I think that's something that, that it frightens people, the yeah. thought that they won't have the same income. But to be honest with you, I've had to take a huge, huge wage cut. I mean, now that I'm working for myself and, yeah. and setting up a business, I'm not, at the moment, I'm not bringing in anywhere yeah. near the amount that I was bringing in, but it's made me, it's made me really focus on what's important. Yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm doing it, I'm paying my bills and I'm, yeah. I'm able to, to survive on a lot less money. Yeah. And I think sometimes coaching can help someone get to that point as well where they realize actually do I need all that money are there ways that, that I can consolidate things or do things a bit differently to give myself the space to enjoy life more yeah I again that really resonates with me because you're absolutely right if you if you haven't got your health then that quality of life is compromised anyway you might have less money but um you know I was speaking to a friend recently actually <laughs> to what you've described apologize for my dog <laughs> no problem and um you know you can't you just cannot compromise on your health your mental health your physical health you can't compromise when that's intact and you've got that everything else is a you, you can become savvy with um saving money and budgeting can't you so you can can i just close i'm really sorry yeah, i'll just no close problem. the door no problem <laughs> The postman's here. It's, it's just protecting the house. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, and yeah, and, and you learn a lot from it. You learn more about how to budget properly and what you what you need and what you don't need. It's a, it's been a real learning curve for me. Yeah, yeah. It, in fact, you know, like well being is a is, is such. There's so many facets to well being, and well being is so subjective according to our own personal beliefs and our culture and all of those factors. But you know, financial well being isn't something that's talked about often enough in uh, the teaching profession and I'm in the next network meeting I've got you know a financial advisor who's really keen to work with the Every Teacher Matters project and I'm really looking forward to raising the understanding and awareness around financial well-being so I mentioned that purely because of what you've said there but um, 
Right. Thanks, Vicky, for, for, you know, being so candid and open about that. And, and, you know, yeah, I wanted you to keep it real. There might not be a, a, you know, a happy ever after story, but, you know, you're keeping it real and that's what the listeners need to hear. So thank you for that. And the, um, the, the saying has come back. It's get oh. the dance floor and stand on the balcony. Oh, there we go. Yeah, oh, then you can actually see what's going on. Absolutely. Brilliant. Yeah, I love it. Brilliant. So as you know, because you and I have been connected and we follow each other's work and we support each other's work, you know that the Every Teacher Matters project is all about promoting teacher well-being and the network meetings are an opportunity for everyone to get together to really kind of look at different um, examples and models of well-being. But what would your advice be? Because you're a really experienced teacher, senior leader with the coaching that you've done, you know, please tell us the listeners what your advice would be to um, a teacher now in terms of really looking after and protecting their well-being. I would say don't do schoolwork at the weekend <laughs> and people will go what they'd be horrified won't they but when you work five days and you work to the level of intensity that you're working in a school you need the time out you need the time out at weekend to do things for yourself, to spend time with your family and to recharge your batteries. Because it, it sometimes it feels like teachers, they, they work for the holidays. So it's, oh, we've got seven, week, seven weeks to go, six weeks to go, five weeks to go, X number of days to go. And when you're working at the weekend, you, you really get to a point of exhaustion. And how many teachers feel ill? In the holidays how many teachers get to the holiday and then get some sort of virus or illness and they're absolutely wiped out and then the holiday is hardly worth having because you're too tired to do anything anyway yeah, so, true. so if you can and i think coaching is something that can help you to work out how you can keep your weekends free um but that's definitely the advice that i would give work in the week and rest at the weekend yeah, great advice. And controversial. <laughs> well, you know, well-being is different to different people. And I think that's the key thing here that what what we do know that teachers complain about, you know, is the fact that they can't switch off. Yeah. And actually, you sometimes have to enforce those boundaries to make yourself switch off. Yeah. And having having complete time off is is often the panacea, as you mentioned. It really is to be able to go back and you're still going to go back to the work. We all know that, but actually you yeah. go back with a bit more of a renewed rigour around it because you've allowed yourself. I mean, I had a day like that this week, in fact, you know, where, um, yeah, I was just feeling like I'm, I've been working really, really hard and I'm feeling really tired because you get physical signs yeah. in your body. Like I was getting like a phantom headache, which and I've, I used to suffer from migraines terribly when I was teaching. Me too. But I don't have them now, which is, you know. Me neither. <laughs> there you go. It's, 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 but you get these signs. And as a teacher, we yeah. just ignored them. We just always ignored them. And what I've got really good at is not ignoring those signs anymore. I'm really being in tune with my body and thinking, okay, what is my body trying to tell me right now? So I had a really early night on, on Monday, went to bed at nine o'clock and, and just to, had, a, had a slightly easier day on Tuesday and just be kind to myself, you know, yeah. and knowing that. Because when you're working for yourself, it's almost like teaching. I, I've been up working till 11 o'clock the last two nights. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think I, I left teaching to give myself some more space and now I'm, I'm back into the old habits. The thing that made me realise the importance of weekends was 
when I was um, working one weekend and my son was only young at the time, he was probably six or seven, my younger son. And I was at the table doing some work and I think it was Sunday and he said, oh, mummy, come and have a look at this or do, do something. And I said, I'm really sorry, Harry, I, I can't, I'm working. And he looked at me and he said, you're always working you. And the way he said it really upset me and made me think, wow, I don't want my children when they grow up to say, yeah, she was always working, my mum. She never had any time for us. And that was the point where I went, right, weekends are family time. Yeah. I'm going to spend weekends with my children, playing with them, listening to them and not working. And, and like you're saying, that was my boundary. That was my rule. I made that. There were occasional times when I had to do something at the weekend, um, you know, like there are. But if you can prioritise weekends for your family as well, for your relationships, it's really important. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Again, resonates with me there on a personal level, too. That, that's wonderful, Vicky. I've, I've really enjoyed this candid conversation with you. And I know that the listeners will have too. So what I'd really like you to do is share with the listeners now, if they were interested in coaching, if they wanted to have a follow up with you and they wanted to listen to your podcast, please have this opportunity to share your social media handles and how they can get hold of you. So they can find the podcast on um, all the main platforms, Spotify, Apple, Podbean, uh, Google podcasts not sure if anybody even uses that uh, but it's the we lead well podcast so you can just find that by typing it into the search engine on on those platforms um i've got a, a twitter um for the podcast which is this is difficult because it's a, <laughs> it's got a funny ending so it's at we lead well pod c1 but if you just type in We Lead Well into a search engine on that, you can find me on LinkedIn as well. And my website is www.transformeducationcoach.com. And you can get in touch with me there if you want to. That's brilliant. I do encourage the listeners to get in touch with Vicky to, you know, be inspired and understand more about coaching and definitely listen to those podcasts if you're not. We hope that you've enjoyed listening to our candid conversation as much as we've enjoyed speaking to one another today. Thank you very much and goodbye. I do hope you enjoyed listening to today's Every Teacher Matters conversation. It is our mission to be the voice of our amazing school staff. You can find out more by visiting everyteachermattersproject.com or contacting me directly at contact at sanitabagri.com. Thanks for listening.